0: Our culture is disintegrating. Hey.
1: in this program are based on the holy spirit leading of a man called coach
0: i gotta ask you this out there christian america
1: it's time for pass the salt with a coach dave daubenmeyer
0: i'm really feeling something here this morning folks thanks for thanks for joining us thanks for getting up here on the third day of october 2022 as i just said uh, just before we got rolling here uh, who would have ever thought that you'd be alive in 2022? <laughs> Any of you out there other than me? 2022. I'll be 70 years old coming up here in six weeks. 70 years old. Me, little old me. Wow. You know, they say in the end, it's a it's, life is but a vapor. It's here and it's gone. They say in the end, it's the wink of an eye. And I, I've come to the conclusion, the realization that the older I get, the more dangerous I become. Anybody with me out there? Anybody out there feeling that same thing? The older I get, the more dangerous become because the less I care what others think. How many of us spend so much of our time really as we look? Hey, nobody nobody wants to not be loved and not be liked. Who? who? What the heck? But at what price, folks? At what price? At what price? Do you sacrifice what you think and what you believe and who you are for fear of offending somebody else. And as I said that last week or a couple of weeks ago I can't can't remember now what exactly when it was uh, the problem that we have is the redefinition of right and wrong. and it's not that we don't want to follow rules it's that we want to follow our how do I say this right We don't want to follow their rules. We don't we don't want to have to be put in a position where we are forced by our government, to follow rules that go against our faith. That is the entire purpose of the First Amendment of the Constitution. Congress shall make no law. Pull that up there real quick, Spence. I know you can do it. I know you're quick on your feet. Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of a religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof, nor abridging the freedom of the speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Folks, listen. If we just had the First Amendment, if we just had the unrestrained First Amendment, we wouldn't need any government. Huh? We wouldn't need any government. If Congress, by the way, the First Amendment of the Constitution is restraints; it doesn't grant you constitutional rights, folks. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are our constitutional rights as as declared in the Declaration of Independence. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then the First Amendment is nothing more than a shackle restraints put on the government. And the purpose of the First Amendment is to prevent the government from doing what? From trampling on your right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's all the First Amendment does. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of a religion. They've done it. They've done a religion of humanism and socialism and governmentalism. They have established a religion. And that because they've established their own religion, they're now prohibiting prohibiting the free exercise of my religion. Do you understand it? Do you understand it's two kingdoms in conflict? Do you see what's going on? Amen. And because they're not allowed to do that, wait a minute, because we've permitted them to do that, They've now abridged the freedom of speech and they've abridged the freedom of the press and they've abridged the right of the people to peacefully assemble and they've abridged the right of the to petition the government for a redress of grievances they've done all of it because they have created their own religion called governmentalism uh, secularism humanism and humanism has suppressed Christianity although we know it hasn't oh I feel it boy oh, I feel it I feel it today. You know, why I feel it today because I rubbed shoulders with some warriors this weekend. No, no, I'm not talking about Betty. Although I got to rub shoulders with Betty as well. I, I, we were we were at that event down in uh, down in. See, that sound like a hillbilly over at over by Dayton. It's west west of where I am, over Dayton. At uh, um, get my brains working here. Boys, I'm I feel it today. Um. A gathering. That, I mean, you talk about some folks. I got to meet Pete Santilli. You say, who's he? I'm going to get Pete on. Pete Santilli was uh, one of the original guys. He was, he's been a radio talk show host kind of guy like me. But he got famous when he went out still with the Bundys, the Bundy Ranch years and years ago. I don't know if you guys remember that. And uh, he got arrested. Trumped up charges. He was some powerful, powerful testimony Pete Santilli gave. Christian testimony about getting thrown in jail for 600 days or something like that. And in the 600 days, he, for the first time in his life, even though he was a good old Catholic boy, first time in his life, he read the Bible. <laughs> he read the Bible. said, gee, I, I didn't know that was in there. I didn't know that was in there. And he got through all the heebies and the jeebies and the, got through all that, all that other stuff and radically transformed him. It was great to meet Pete. Dr. Frank. Dr. Frank is one of the guys who. Absolutely on the front line of of doing the uh, uh uh the mathematics behind how this how the election was stolen. Got to got to know Dr. Frank. Boy, that was that, I'm gonna forget somebody here. Got to hear Dr. Frank, Millie Weaver, Jessica France, Mark, no, I didn't hear him. Dr. Kerry Maday. Woo, woo! Boy, oh boy, is there a spiritual thing going on in Dr. Kerry Midday's life? Because look, we ain't gonna win this with set through secular means, friends. We're not going to win this battle through secular means. I hate to tell you this. This battle, I'm, I'm going to get to it. Calm down here, coach. And see, we, the weapons of our warfare, the Bible, by the way, the Bible tells us, I'm looking at my list. The Bible tells us the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling all these a-holes down. I'm sorry, talking like Paul Goslin here. Huh? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Our weapons are not fleshly, but our weapons are mighty. And our weapons are mighty for what? To the pulling down of this Luciferian environment, which we find ourselves. It's right in the scriptures. Casting down imaginations and every high and lofty thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's in the Bible. That's in the Bible, just as uh, obey the governments in the Bible. So you can't just pull things out of context. I'm hot today, I promise. I told you I was. You can't just pull things out of context to make a make a theological basis of your whole theology built on one scripture. We're doing that, We're doing it. Oh my goodness! Hang on here, man. I got. I got. I got to say. I got to see some other Dr. Carrie Madej, she was wonderful. Dr. Douglas Frank, Dr. Frank. Sheila Holm, Sheila showed up. Pete Santilli, Dr. Brian Artis, Amanda Grace. Oh, my goodness. Dr. uh, Pastor Dr. Todd Coconato. I hadn't met him before. Neil Peterson, of course. Julie Green is awesome. But you know what the old coach says? You know what the old coach says, right? Getting together and rubbing elbows with each other's great, but at some point we got to sharpen our swords and we got to get out into the battlefield, and that's the next step. But I want to encourage you. I'm going to show you some stuff here today. Whoo, man! It's folks, it's all over me. <laughs> Take a deep breath here, Coach. Take a deep breath, mm. Uh I'm I'm going to talk about some stuff here in just a second that I think's going to bless you. If I let Myra get in and pray us in first, Myra, go ahead. Come on, come on in. i I'll, I'll get I'll get right back to where we were.
3: Yes, Coach. Good morning, Huddle. It is written. The reading today will be from Mark four thirty-eight through 41. That is Mark four thirty-eight through 41.
0: And he was in the hinder part of the ship and sleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and they said "And a Master, carest thou not? Now, we're about to go under. And he arose and he rebuked the wind. And he said unto the sea, peace, be still. And the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Wow, Myra, where did you find this? And after he said that to them, they feared exceedingly. And said unto one another, what manner of this, a man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him. Do you see the transition that they made from being the fear of everything else to the fear of the Lord? What a powerful transformation. Transformation. And he said, what are you guys afraid of? Don't you have any faith? And all of a sudden they're afraid of him. Go ahead, Myra, I'm sorry.
3: No, that's quite all right, Coach. Um, The Holy Spirit gave me the Bible verse. Every morning, he gives me the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. gives it to me. So, uh, that being said, um, let me go back. Um, Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that breaks the power of evil in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Cause it does break the power of evil. If we just only believed it, we don't believe it. Anyway, thank to, uh Thank you to uh, all the people. There's about a thousand of us, I think maybe a thousand, I don't know under the big top. It's a wonderful, wonderful time gathering of the saints, but you know what, it, you know, you know where I come down on it, right? If we don't propel it into action, it's all, it's, it's all no good. If we don't turn it into action, didn't any good. Now I want to start out on a light heart today even though I'm not light-hearted. I want to start out uh, play get number 2 <clears throat> get number 2. Um here's here's our here's our theme today. Thank you, Lord. This has been all over me for uh at least 6 days. And the Lord's continuing. The Lord I had two thoughts come at the same time. And the Lord's try... Lord's uh sharpening it in me right folks we are uh, um we're moving from a peacetime pastorate to wartime pastors they're not the same they're clearly clearly not the same and when i had the opportunity to speak i only had 20 minutes my wife said it was one of the most powerful ones i'd ever done and uh the purpose is trying to help people to understand that if they don't again, if they don't bite as a puppy, they don't bite as a dog. And we have the worst leadership in American Christian history for the times in which we live. We have peacetime pastors. We have the Benny Hens and the Joel Osteens and the and the Paula Whites and the uh let me rub your back, everything's gonna be all good. God's gonna make you rich and He's gonna make you healthy, and He's gonna make you wealthy, and He's gonna make you wise. And because we've been going down an alternative path here in Christianity. As the world was going to hell, the church was going to wealth. As the the devil was eating our children, we were overeating on prosperity. And so our churches filled up. And with the advent of the Internet, all of a sudden, popularity of ministers of God became they became like, uh, how can I say this? They handed out goodies. If you go follow this minister, he'll hand out this goodie. And if you go follow this minister, he'll hand out this goodie. And if you go follow this pastor, he'll hand out this goodie. And so we've had 60 years of Benny Hinn's and all these people doing all these miraculous works. And I'm not denying the miraculous works. But in their desire to do the miraculous works, they turned their back on being the salt and light of the world. They turned their back on it. They took the light of the world and they shone it on them. This is my flashlight. It doesn't work. It's shown it on them. The light of the world shone it on them. Instead of them being the light to the world, they let the light shine on them. And all of the gospel became inward focused. It became all about me. And what can God do for me? And what can Jesus do for me? And the more the church could do for you, the bigger the crowd showed up. Somebody can say amen. Be, I don't care whether you do or not. I'm just telling you the mm. truth. From a revelation. I believe. Amen. <clears throat> And we are in the midst right now of a transformation. Because why? Empty promises. What was that? What was that, Randy? Travis song. Maybe you can find that for me. Uh, broken promises. See if you can find that for me, Spencer. See if you can find it. Because that's what that's that's where we are. Broken promises. Broken promises made by our pastors, the men standing in the pulpits telling us that we were going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Broken promises. That's what we're dealing with, folks. Broken promises. And here we wake up, and it's, it's uh, August. No, what, what month is it? Heck, I don't even know that what month it is. It's October, right? Is it October? Yeah, I think it's October. We wake up in October 2022, and everything they told us we're finding was a fraud. It was a fraud. Broken promises. Broken promises. They all came up in that charismatic movement. Hey, I'm, I'm. Hey, dudes. I'm charismatic. They came up in that charismatic name it, claim it, blame it, blab it, grab it, flab it, dab it. They came up in that movement, all you got to do is this and do this and do this and God's a great genie in the sky and he wants to give you whatever you want to if you just do this and ignore everything else and just be holy and go in your prayer closet and pray and it'll all be about you and you'll be healthy, wealthy and wise and it was all a fraud, all a fraud. It was a different gospel. You don't have to say amen. I'm, I, I, I know so deep inside of me that what I'm telling you is the truth. I'm telling you the truth. T.D. Jakes became a billionaire and and Joel Osteen became a billionaire and Benny Hinn became a billionaire and all those name it and claim it, blab it and grab it guys. They all became billionaires. And while they were becoming billionaires, they sold out their children. They sold out their grandchildren. Boom. Man. They sold out the heritage of what it means. They sold out the heritage of those guys at Gettysburg. They sold out the heritage of those guys in the Revolutionary War. They sold out the heritage of every man, woman, Christian that came before them. They sold it all out for a bag full of jelly. And here we sit. Everything around us is imploding. And everything around us is imploding and it's going to be so painful because we've built our lives, Christian lives, on the idea that you're going to have all kinds of stuff. That's how the Lord's going to bless you. He's going to give you stuff. What a time, man. We're in the midst of it. And we are moving from a peacetime pastorate to a wartime pastorate. Now, hey, look, you, you look, you listen to me. It ain't gonna be those, it ain't gonna be those theology trained seminarian pastors. ain't gonna do it. Seminarians have been, the cemeteries have been taken over by the by Lucifer. It's Lucifer that's pumping out this prosperity gospel. And I'm all for the prosperity gospel. All right, I'm all for it. But it's this Lucifer, who's been pumping out this prosperity gospel, telling you that Christianity is all about you being healthy, wealthy, and wise, like you're some kind of Benjamin Franklin or something like that, right? Benjamin Franklin said we could be healthy, wealthy, and wise. We've become fat. We've become uh, complacent. We've become ashamed of the gospel. Well, not ashamed of of the gospel that will make you rich and happy and fat and slappy. We're not ashamed of that gospel. But we're ashamed of that gospel that changes the heart of men. We're ashamed of that gospel that actually has some salt to it. We're ashamed of the gospel that actually has some light to it. I don't know what you do. I I wish my flashlight worked because you know why? This light here, this this light shines into dark places and exposes things. When that cricket was bugging me the other day, I shined my light on him and focused on him. It was the light on that cricket. The light exposes things. So many of you matriculated to those great big mega churches where you can hide like a cricket. You just hide like a cricket in there. Nobody ever asked you to do anything
4: cricket,
0: cricket, cricket. Amen. The whole time you were at church and then go home and hide some more and just wait to get there on Wednesday night.
2: Cricket, 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 cricket,
0: cricket. Being part of a 5,000 person assembly not doing jack squat about anything at all except the selfishness of your own daggone heart you and your family and those you love to hell with everybody else you're not saying man because i'm i'm so over today how do i know Mm, because i feel like going up all the way up and down my spine there's a change coming boys and girls there's a change coming I said I was going to start out with something lighthearted. I'm going to pull up pull up uh, number two because this is. The, I saw this this morning. I said, dude, this is what got me gone this morning, Christianity light. You tell me this isn't American Christianity. You tell me, hey, hey, hey. This is still where the young people are flocking, the 30-somethings, the 40-somethings, the ones who still think it's okay to put their kids in public schools. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? These are the churches that these people. Oh, there's one right down the road. (laughs) One right down the road. There's one in your neighborhood. There's probably a couple in your neighborhood. Because you know why there's a couple in your neighborhood? Because to them, success isn't advancing the kingdom of God. Success is building a bigger building with more people and more programs and a big choir and poofed up hair and tight jeans. That's success. And the more those young millennials that they can pull in, they can have a gospel that doesn't cost them anything. Oh, what well, the better it's going to be. I'm going to read to you here in a second. I'm going to read it to you here. That, that, that's where we're. That's Isaiah 56, verse 10. We're not going to go there. Hmm. Yep, tomorrow will be better than today. Even even more abundant. Yep, yep, yep. Fools. Fools. Christian fools. Go ahead and play that number two. Tell hey me you, this an
4: American Christian. you with the Bible? Me? Yeah, you. Are you tired of all that God stuff? Do you want Christianity to be easier, more exciting, and less demanding on your free time? Boy, do I! Then why don't you throw out that old lame Christianity classic and try the very new Christianity light? Whoa! <laughs> wow! This is totes bussin', yo! Christianity Light uses all the same terms as Christianity Classic, but without all that unwanted salvation from your sins and wrath of God stuff, now you can be a Christian without everyone thinking you're a total square.
0: You know, I used to think you were a total square. Turns out you're not like one of those Christians
1: who follows the Bible, bro. you are pretty cool. Oh...
0: All up in the club! I'm drinking
4: alcohol. Alcohol. I'm swear words. All right! right. (laughs) Pro choice! What's up, guys? Hey! Hey, What's up, up, bro? Where are the girls at? (laughs) You like where the. Alcohol! Alcohol! And best of all, with Christianity Light, you don't even have to go to church.
3: Now I can have Christianity and my sin too.
4: Thanks, Christianity Light. I'm watching Game of Thrones, and I ain't watching it on VidAngel. Christianity Light has been endorsed by Joel Osteen, Rob Bell, Jen Hatmaker, Rachel Hollis, Oprah Winfrey, Richard Rohr, and Satan. It's the only version of Christianity with none of the guilt and judgment but with the same great spiritual feelings. Side effects may include a sharp increase and a hole in your heart you can't seem to fill, demon worship, earth worship, self-worship, diarrhea, trust in the Enneagram, drug use, supporting the murder of babies, deconstructing your faith, deconversion, posting the black square on IG, eventual atheism, agnosticism, anxiety, nihilism, judgment, Buddhism, eternal suffering, severe injury, and second death. Christianity Light is not responsible for those who suffer everlasting damnation. Check with your pastor to see if Christianity Light is right for you. Boom!
0: We're going to get into that on the other side. Hang in there with us. Folks, I just threw that in there because I'm going to... I'm going to use some of this for my on show this afternoon. So that, that was a good that was a good cut point right there, okay? So so we're coming we're coming back. So so folks, this is what we're dealing with here, okay? Now, I want I want to uh Lord, show me how to do this. Go to if you would. Folks, let's go to uh I know for some of you I know this is harsh. I know the Christianity that you that you get when you turn into Coach Dave Live, I know, it's, I know it's a harsher Christianity than what most of you grew up in. But the reality of it is, we are moving from a peacetime Christianity to a wartime Christianity, a wartime. And I want to share with you today, if I can, from uh, Judges 7, Story of Gideon. Stay with me here, folks. <clears throat> Because I know this, when I was uh, when I was coaching football, I used to tell people that sometimes you had to go through what they call addition by subtraction. I say, coach, that's kind of a crazy term. No, it isn't. Addition by subtraction means, in order for you to really get better, you got to get rid of some stuff. You get better by getting rid of some stuff. I'm going to tell you, friends. The Bible tells us that broad is the way and narrow is the gate. Broad is the way. Huh? Few find it, it says. We have an all-inclusive, no-cost Christianity that we're promoting to the world. And Hey, here's the good news. Some things are about to change. We are moving from a peacetime pastorate to a wartime pastorate. And it's not going to be some guy trained in some seminary somewhere. It's going to be some guy who's been trained in the school of the wilderness, who's actually walked it out, lived it out, and confronted the forces of darkness, and stood up and said the thing that wasn't popular, that at some point here in America, there's a shift coming over the world where people are going to stand up and they're going to say, you know what? Hey, Coach Dave, you've been telling us this. Pastor, you've been telling us this, Pastor. We're in the midst of that. That's why I love the story of Gideon. If you don't mind, I'm going to share it with you here today. This is Judges 7. Because this is the principles that we're dealing with even right now today in the good old U.S. Hey, we're going to win. Then Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of the Mirai in the valley. So they brought all Gideon's people in there, and they camped down at the bottom of the hill. The Lord said to Gideon, the people that are with you are too many. They've been following Joel Osteen, and they've been following T.D. Jakes, and they've been following you name it. Hey, Coach, you ain't going to win with those guys. Gideon, you ain't going to win with those guys. The people that are with you are too many for me to give Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Look what my hand has done. He said to Gideon, now go proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is a fearful and afraid. You see that, Paul? Whoever is fearful and afraid, there's a shift coming. Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early. Let, send that boy home <laughs> send that boy home P- send home that that uh tight jeaned moosed up hair guy send him home and they returned of the people twenty and two thousand get this folks this is addition by subtraction this is uh this is separ- separating the sheep from the goats and twenty two thousand people two-thirds of them went home and there remain 10,000. The Lord said to Gideon, Hey, Gideon, hate to tell you this, bud. Still got too many. You got too many, Gideon. Bring them down to the water, and I will try them for you. Right there. And it shall be that of whom I say to you, take this guy with you and get rid of that dude. <laughs> and when I tell you that, this this shall not go with thee, and this one shall go. You better listen to me, dude. So Gideon brought all ten thousand of them down to the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, "Every one that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shall thou buy himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon let me let me give you the picture." He said, you take them down there to get a drink of water. And everybody that takes their hat off and puts their head down and licks out of the water like a dog, send them home. Gideon says, what? Yeah, you send them home. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to the mouth, oh, I missed missed something for you. But he said that everyone... He said, then I want you to look for those guys when you tell them to go get a drink of water, that they do this, that they put their cup in the water, their hand in the water, and they lap right out of their hand. And the whole time, Gideon, they never take their eye off of the enemy. He says, those are your boys. So Gideon took them all down to the water. He said, boys, get a drink. And the Lord said unto Gideon, after all the guys left, 2,700 of them they sent home, 300 left. And the Lord said unto Gideon, by the 300 men that lapped, I'm going to save you. I'm going to deliver the Mennonites into their hands, let all the other people go every man into his place. You can go ahead and read the whole story of Gideon. I'm not going to keep reading it to you, folks. Here's the truth of the matter. There's a separation coming in God's kingdom there's a separation of the sheep and the goats of the lappers and the drinkers there's a separation coming amen and we are moving from peacetime pastors to wartime pastors you ready for the shift i saw it again this weekend i know it's going on by the thousands there's the clay parkers out there huh oh yeah there's the randy lunsford's out there There's a Bobby Lees out there, the Steve Decks out there. They're out there by the thousands, folks. And the Lord is raising up this bastion of of righteousness that's going to push back against these forces of darkness. Hey, sure, as I'm sitting here, that's what's going to happen. It's right in front of us now. And we're going to move from this soft, I don't even know what kind of pastor you call it. We're moving away from that. And the ones that will survive, they're not going to be big, massive churches. Gideon did it with three hundred. I don't know if you feel like I've, I'm all over the place, but I feel I feel this I feel this really really deeply. Jump on in here, Roger. Come on in real quick, then Jack.
3: I was just going to say, I think the the whole demonstration of this wartime versus peacetime. I I think you're on point there, and whether it be financial wartime, spiritual wartime, geographic wartime, I think you're really on point there, Dave, I hope you build on that. And the only thing I would add is I remember teachings over the years in the morning on, tell me where Christian influence is now in our government. Tell me where there's a strong presence in Christian teaching, leadership, And the teaching over the years, it's getting worse. It's nowhere where it's nowhere. And uh, I think that shows us again that we are moving into what you've described. I think it's a perfect, a wartime pastorate. What it will look like, it's going to be hard to say, but uh, it's it's a good teaching day. Thank you.
0: Amen. Because, listen, we're not going to, folks, listen, we ain't ain't marching under the battle of the Episcopal Church. We're not marching under the under the flag of the Lutheran church. We're not marching under the flag of the <laughs> Pentecostal church. We're not, I ain't going to do that. that. ain't happening, friends. That ain't happening. We're going to walk under one banner. We're going to walk under one banner of victory. And all of this malarkey and all of this religiosity that put out this religion of man, this influence of man, folks, that's all I'm telling you. That stuff's all going away. I just pray. I, I just pray I live to see it. I'm 70. I'll be 70 here in six weeks. I pray I live to see it because uh, we we are so theologically screwed up that the average person doesn't really have any idea what we don't understand that God is a man of war. Did you guys guys know that? Find that for me, Spencer. Google that real quick. He's a man of war. God's a man of war. We We don't believe that. He'll find it for me. Bear with me a second. I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. Spencer's digging. Go ahead, Jack. Come on in while Spencer's digging. God's a man of war. The Lord is a man of war. There it is. Exodus 15. What is it? The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. He's not a man of love. huh? Comfort. Oh, he has all those qualities. But he's a man of war. He declared war on the forces of darkness and he gave us a military commission to get involved in this war, and we've been told we're not supposed to be involved in the war because he's a man of peace, they tell us. Peace, peace, when there is no peace. I hate to tell you this, war brings peace. Go ahead, Jack. Good catch there. Yeah, we're,
1: getting, we're, getting away from, yeah. we're getting away from the easy believism philosophy and we're finding out that iron doesn't sharpen spaghetti.
0: <laughs> Amen. Good. That's a good word picture. Iron doesn't sharpen spaghetti for sure. Clay.
1: If you got to fight against somebody, what would you rather fight against? 300 sissies or 200 badasses? That's right. And, and, and there's so much to that story about Gideon's army. I mean... You think about the Midianites looking down there and they said, well, hey, I thought there was going to be a lot more of them than this. This is going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And, then, and, then, and then the guys with Gideon's army, they're saying, hey, there's not as many of us. we got to fight harder than we've ever fought in our life, boys.
0: But you know, Clay, do you know how Gideon's army won if you continue to read the Gideon's army? Two ways they won. They shone the light. And they made noise. They carried the torches and they broke the pots. And when they did that, the enemy thought they were outnumbered and the enemy began to sl- slay themselves. <laughs> we're beginning, we're going to see the enemy turn on itself, folks. As we begin to stand up and push back against these forces. forces. Janine and Joe. <clears throat>
2: Well, it's interesting. You're, this morning, you're, the, you started the show out by talking about the fellow that was protecting his ranch. And he. And then you brought up the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, the guy at the ranch probably knew that the original one was life, liberty, and the pursuit of property. But uh, I think it was by John Locke that brought that up. But then Benjamin Franklin figured, no, we better use happiness because we can tax the property. Hmm.
0: (laughs) Subtle, huh? Huh? They use happiness because it used to be life, liberty, and property. Life, liberty, and property. And they changed it from life, liberty to uh, happiness. Pursuit of life, liberty, right? And when they did that, that's that's so nefarious, that's so meaningless, right? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness rather than the need and the desire to defend your property, life, liberty, and property, telling the government you can't have it. It belongs to me. Instead, we're happy, slappy. I'm sorry, man. I'm all, I'm all, it's all in me today. Go ahead, Joe.
3: Uh, Thank you, coach. You know, I, I know you're right here and I, and I know that I'm probably not the only one that when they were, you know, decades back when we were smaller and I was a little boy and the, in the, well, I don't know, uh, 60s, I guess. Hmm. Um, onward Christian Soldiers was my favorite song at church. <laughs> not uh, not uh, Onward. Uh, not
0: back uh, Up Christian Soldiers, right? Not Roll Over Christian Soldiers. That wasn't that, uh, was it?
3: Yeah, uh, not onward, not here we go, soy boys. You know <laughs> that, that wasn't my song. Here now, onward, Spencer, pull that up, soldiers. by the
0: way, onward Christian soldiers. Pull up those lyrics. Keep going, Joe.
3: And and you you think about it, and um, when we went to church and worshipped and had that in our heart, I think it put the enemy back. Mm. But we don't, have, I have a feeling that that song is almost forbidden in some churches because you almost never, ever hear it.
0: Yeah, well, now they would sing Retreat Christian Soldiers, right? Back up uh, Christian Soldiers, right? No, we,
3: we, we, we retreat ye old, ye who get a pension from having been a Christian soldier, but aren't it anymore. <laughs> you know, um, you, you, there's almost no active ones. That's what I'm thinking. The,
0: Amen.
3: Get Christian soldier to actually has a a feeling that you're you know being paid and you're in the army. <laughs> it's not that you that you're at home and and, and you're not doing it anymore. So then uh, all of you yeah.
0: need all of you need to go stand in front of the mirror and read this today. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before Christ, the royal master leads against the foe forward in the battle. See his banners go onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. At the name of Jesus, Satan's host doth flee. On then, Christian soldiers, on to victory. Hell's foundations quiver at the shout of praise. Brothers, lift your voices, let your anthem raise. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body. We, one in faith and spirit, one eternally. Crowns and thrones may perish. Kingdoms rise and wane. For the church of Jesus' constant will remain. Gates of hell can never against the church prevail. We have Christ's own promise, which can never fail Onward then, you people, join our happy throng. Blend with ours your voices in the triumph song. Glory, laud, and honor unto Christ the King. This through countless ages, men and angels sing. Joe, you are so right. I bet if the worship leader started singing that in church, the ushers would come and drag him off the stage. Yeah, but, you know, the, the, that
3: song isn't onward denominational soldiers. It's one church of with crime, with Jesus leading it, not some committee, you know.
0: And it's not backward Christian soldiers, is it, Joe? No, it's yeah. not.
3: Uh, it's not uh, uh, trying to negotiate a peace with your best spokesman. Amen. Christian soldiers, peace, peace
0: when there is no peace. They cry, peace, peace when there is no priest. Peace. That's what the word says. Boy, are we ever doing that? There ain't no, no peace. I,
3: I had Holy Spirit tingles whole body when you were reading those words, Lord.
0: Amen. We all
3: yeah, I mean, I mean uh, coach and, and those
0: you ought to all put that in the chat. You ought to go stand in front of the mirror and read that because that is your call. That's your call. You have a king leading you into battle against the enemy against wickedness hey folks somewhere they left out that verse about the rapture and getting out of here where they? where is that Jack where is that verse about the uh about the blessed hope of getting out of here not having to fight
3: uh, yeah there's no beam me up Scotty in this one is there any at all come on in Jack Thank you, sir.
0: Can't hear you, Jack. If you're talking,
1: sorry, too many buttons. Um, I just sent you a text of the main state constitutions uh, section on property rights, uh, like liberty and property, because 31 years after the U.S. Constitution was ratified. Jefferson helped write a better constitution for the state of Maine, which said property, not happiness. I just sent it to you in a text. It's pretty well written.
0: Natural rights. This is from the Maine constitution. Natural rights. All people are born equally free and independent and have certain natural, inherent, and unalienable rights, among which are those of enjoying and defending life and liberty. Say that again among which are those of enjoying and defending life and liberty, acquiring, possessing, and protecting property, and of pursuing and obtaining safety and happiness. Hmm. I'm waiting for that trumpet to blow. I can't wait to get out of here. Because if I have to stay here much longer, I might have to fight. I might have to fight. I won't have to do that. Go ahead, Clay.
1: Well, that's what they call the American way, ain't it? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? I think so. Well, they took that away from us, see. They're wanting to charge you for it. You, you can buy it. It's kind of like justice. If you got enough money, you can buy justice, but you're not going to get it for free. And I think they want to shut down the churches because salvation is the gift of you know. salvation is a free gift. And they can't make any money off that, so they got to shut it down.
0: So Tulsi Gabbard, you guys all heard of Tulsi Gabbard, right? I've heard, I don't know where I stand about Tulsi Gabbard. But she uh, she said something. She's going to get herself in trouble. Tulsi's going to get herself in trouble. Where is that? It's number six, Spencer, number six. Tulsi Gabbard told us this weekend what we all should already know. It's only about, uh, it's only about four minutes. Listen to Tulsi Gabbard, who ran for president of the United States on the Democratic ticket.
4: Listen to this truth bomb. Go ahead. Is Joe Biden that radical that he's relying on Orwellian tactics to hold on to control? Or like on everything else, is he just the front man for someone else in the Democratic Party? Tulsi Gabbard is a former Hawaii congresswoman and a former presidential candidate, and she has some thoughts on who might actually be pulling the strings on Joe Biden. Hi, Tulsi. So if Joe's not really in charge, who is?
2: Uh, I I think it's no surprise to know that it's not just uh, Obama, but it's the whole Obama Clinton machine that has been in power for a long time and continues to pull the strings behind the curtain in the Biden administration. But when we're talking about this ministry of truth, Will, what's even more disturbing than the fact that you have all these Democrats who are supporting it is that there are powerful Republicans who are supporting it as well. Uh, there's one in particular over the last couple of days who's been very vocal on television about this, and I want to read his direct quote because it, it was very disturbing to me. He says, "This is an important function of the Department of Homeland Security, but they put the absolute wrong person in charge of it." And well, the the problem here is not the person they put in charge of it. The bigger problem here is the board itself. The bigger problem here is that unfortunately we have powerful Democrats and Republicans who are supporting this ministry of truth, who do not believe in the Constitution and freedom of speech, who have no faith in the American people and are willing to put our taxpayer dollars towards this propaganda department, uh, this, this ministry of truth. It's something that belongs in a dictatorship. A ministry of truth does not belong in the United States of America.
4: No, it does not. And Tulsi, I hope you'll forgive me, but I have hosted three shows over the past weekend, and somehow this missed my radar. Okay, so you can get it off there.
0: So she told us what we already know. Wait a minute, where did we hear that? Well, somewhere Psalm 2? Would that be Psalm 2, maybe? Why do the heathen rage and people imagine the vain thing, the kings of this earth? Set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. This battle is as old as Gideon. The church is withdrawn from it. Okay, you're sitting down. I only got about 15 minutes left here. You're sitting down. Craig sent me this today. Hate to do it, makes all of you nervous, but we got to pull those Masons in here. We got to pull this in. This is a three part video. John Rockefeller's Masonic. Creed. This is on TikTok. I don't know who this girl is. In fact, I just looked at it this morning, but it resonated with me. This is a three-part. This is the first part, and she's it's going to, all of them are about three minutes, so it's going to be very very short. Just hang in there with me and listen as this young lady reads John D. Rockefeller. Paul, you talked about it. You talked about the the Luciferians. You talked about uh, uh, the Bilderbergers and all that. Well, they handed it right down to the Rockefellers. See the Rockefellers. Are the Bilderbergers of our day? The Rockefellers are those. They are that same. They are those kings of the earth. conspiring Same group. They never go away. They haven't gone away. They've just changed names. They've just changed uniforms. It's the same. Devil's team is relentless. They never quit. They never quit. Quit. Go ahead. Play this. Three parts. First part. Go.
5: Well, I have been reading into something that is from John D. Rockefeller's Masonic Creed, and it is highly disturbing. So if you're someone who gets very anxious, um, maybe don't watch this. That's your warning. (laughs) Okay. Okay, let's read this together. We will guide them kindly and gently, letting them think they are guiding themselves. We will format an animosity between them through our factions. When a light shall shine among them, we shall extinguish it by ridicule or death, whichever suits us best. We will make them rip each other's hearts apart and kill their own children. We will accomplish this by using hate as our ally, anger as our friend. The hate will blind them totally and never shall they see that. From their conflicts, we emerge as their rulers. They will be busy killing each other. They will bathe in their own blood and kill their neighbors for as long as we see fit. We will benefit greatly from this, for they will not see us, for they cannot see us. We will continue to prosper from their wars and their deaths. We shall repeat this over and over until our ultimate goal is accomplished. We will continue to make them live in fear and anger and who images and sounds, we will use all of the tools we have to accomplish this. The tools will be provided by their labor. We will make them hate themselves and their neighbors. We will always hide the divine truth from them, <laughs> especially with everything that we see now. And there's so much like people being shut down for sharing truth. Oh my gosh, okay. Um, uh, that we are not alone, that we are all one. This must be. Never know. They must never know that color is an illusion. They must always think they are not equal. Drop by drop, drop by drop, we will advance our goal. We will take over their land, resources, and wealth to exercise total control over them. We will deceive them into accepting laws that steal the little freedom they have. Oh my gosh, we've been seeing this so much. It's right in front of our face. Oh my gosh, we will establish a money system that will imprison them forever, keeping them and their children in debt. When they shall band together, we shall accuse them of crimes and present a different story to the world, for we shall own all media. Okay, I, like, I'm like i shaking. I'm shaking. Um, we will use our media to control the flow of information and their sentiment in our favor. We got to do this part two. It's, I don't have enough time. Oh my gosh.
0: Okay,
5: go to part two. Okay, here is part two to what I found in John D. Rockefeller's Masonic Creed. When they shall rise up against us, we will crush them like insects, for they are less than that. They will be helpless to do anything, for they have no weapons. Why are they trying to take away our guns? We will recruit some of their own to carry out our plans. We will promise them eternal life, but eternal life they will never have, for they are not of us. The recruits will be called initiates, and we will and will be indoctrinated to believe false rites of passage to higher realms. Members of these groups will think they are one of us, never knowing the truth. They must never learn this truth, for they will turn against us. For their work they will be rewarded with earthly things and great titles. This is straight from Satan, you guys. This is straight from the enemy. Promising things of the world. They uh never will they come immortal and join us never will they receive this light and travel the stars this this is demonic these are fallen angels they will never reach the higher realms for the killing of their own kind will prevent passage to the realm of enlightenment this they will never know the truth will be hidden in their face so close they will not be able to focus on it until it's too late well guess what we're focused and we see it Oh yes, so grand the illusion of freedom will be that they will never know they are our slaves. Oh, we know. When all is in place, the reality we will have created for them will own them. This reality will be their prison. They will live in self-delusion. When our goal is accomplished, a new era of domination will begin. Their minds will be bound by their beliefs, the beliefs we have established from time immemorial, But if they ever find out they are our equal, we shall perish then. This they must never know. If they ever find out that together they can vanquish us, they will take action. We're stronger together. United we stand, divided we fall, you guys. They must never ever find out what we have done. For if they do, we shall have no place to run. For it will be easy to see who we are. Once the veil has fallen, okay, you guys, 2 Corinthians 3, I'm going to put it on the screen, 2 Corinthians 3, th- I guess, I uh, Our actions will have revealed who we are, and they will hunt us down, and no person shall give us shelter. This is the secret covenant by which we shall live the rest of our present and future lives, for this reality will transcend many generations and lifespans. This covenant is sealed by blood, our blood, we the ones who from the heaven to earth came." We got to have a part three. Okay. Okay, Ooh. so here is part three to what I found in John D. Rockefeller's Masonic Creed. This covenant must never, ever be known to exist. It must never, ever be written or spoken of, for it is the consciousness it will spawn will release the fury of the prime creator, God, Elohim upon us and we shall be cast to the depths from whence we came and remain there until the end of time and infinity itself. We shall be cast to the depths from whence we came. Now I don't know about you but that sure sounds like Satan and his workers. Demons. That is who runs well Basically everything. If you look a little bit more into John D. Rockefeller, you're gonna find out some stuff. This guy is involved in basically everything that we know today, between our our Federal Reserve, our banking system, everything, and even the things that you get, you know, in in you know inside. All of it, all of it. He's involved involved in all of it. Listen, you you follow the money, you find the truth. Some people call it rabbit holes. I just call it finding the truth. So if you have liked this little series and these holes we're going down, then then like and follow for more, and I will keep diving and doing research for you guys so we can talk about this stuff.
0: Bam. Bam <laughs> bam. Mm. So folks, listen. <clears throat> Rude awakening. Then a great awakening. We're in the midst of it, folks. We are in the midst of it even right now. They cannot see the weapon. One of the Psalms, I can't remember which one it is, but the Psalms, uh, the imprecatory Psalms in particular, continually remind us that they that push a rock up a hill is going to have it fall back on them. Those who dig a ditch are going to fall in it. Whatever they meant for bad, God means for good. That this, this idea that we are just going listen, I'm not arguing with you theologically. The idea that we're going to be snatched out of here and then whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Folks, I just, I'm sorry. I, I don't see it that way. And that's why he is he's exposing for all of us to see exactly what it is that's going on and exactly what it is that we're dealing with. So I double back again. So you would never say double back again. I double back to where we began. And where did we begin? We began with the idea that there is a transformation in leadership coming in the American church. The body of Christ will not go to war. Jesus Christ will not permit us to go to war with cowardly leadership. He won't do it. He won't do it. He's going to clean a house. He's going to clean a house, and he's going to raise up men and women from unknown places who don't have big names and aren't looking for big titles and aren't looking to make millions of dollars. Men and women whose heart is hard after the Lord, the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom in their heart. Folks, it's happening around us even right now. I saw some of them this weekend. Can I tell you something else? You're some of them. See, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, right where you are. The Bible says that you're going to be brought before governors and kings as a testimony against them, and think not what you shall speak, which shall be given unto you that same hour what you shall speak, because it ain't you that speaks, but your daddy that speaks through you. Can you imagine being, uh, I'd say, a dummy for Christ? Can you imagine Jesus Christ being the ventriloquist? Can you imagine sitting on the knee and Jesus puts his hand in your mouth and moves your mouth and says the words, you're a freaking mummy. You're a dummy for Christ. Go and let him speak. Let him speak through you. And the promise is (laughs) that rock's going to fall back on folks. There's an unbelievable revealing going on. Mike McKee, quickly, go.
1: Coach, I can't reiterate enough how much the John Birch Society has done since 1958 when uh, Robert Welch founded the John Birch Society about Rockefeller. All these things that this young lady's talking about, They've been talking about for a long time. You must invest. You don't have to join the John Birch Society, but you should really investigate what they have. They have. They're on Facebook and other areas. They have their own websites. They've been doing this for a long time.
0: Amen. And the government's been telling us that they're crazy. The church has been telling you they're crazy. That's the way it always is, isn't it? Joe, come in. Then Clay, go quickly.
3: Uh, Coach, I remember about a year ago, we were praying in pregatory prayers in groups 24 hours a day. I think maybe that time has come again.
0: Amen. Well, I know that uh, there's some that are out. That's what Silver's doing. That's what, uh, that's what uh, uh, my brain went dead. Others are doing. I Man. agree. Look, look, look. I always hold the same position. You can pray all you want. Somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to sling a stone. (laughs) You can pray that God will direct that stone, but somebody's got to go sling it. Clay, come on in.
1: The last thing they want us to do is to listen to the Holy Spirit and learn how to do that. Because if if they ever take this Bible away from us, we'll still be able to listen to the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. That's why you got to write it on your heart, huh? Stand up and speak up. Stand up and speak up. What a time to be alive.
2: See you, brighty on today at eleven. God bless you. See you tomorrow.